Hallo och välkommen tillbaka till en ny episode av PL Kvartere, en podcast med mig Lars Jørgensen i samarbete med Betsson. Vi ska ha flera lyssnarfrågor efter kvart. Jag kallade för episode lyssnarfrågor del 1 for a reason, men tidigare idag var jag på en liten jobbgrej sammen med en viss Andy Brassel som har varit gäst här för Andy är er skribent och radioman eh, som vet om allt om europeisk fotboll. Han skriver Bundesliga spalten till The Guardian. Han blev brukt som expertgäst av Talksport på TV här borta så är er han show BT av och till. Eh, han, han har jobbat för BBC, ESPN, The Independent, mer och Han har varit inom omtrent alla. Och eh, jag har väl haft han som gäst här på podden mest kvart övergångsvindu för han har liksom översikt över de flesta europeiska ligan så han är er en väldigt bra man att snacka med när det när det är övergångsvindu för att väldigt många spelare Premier League klubben har hämtat eller blir linkat till EU i för utlandet då. Så jag satt mig ned med Andy och tog en en rask liten genomgång då av några namn som har varit upp i ryktespaltarna de senaste dagarna. Jag hoppas det är er intressant. Right now since it is the uh, January transfer window lots of names are being thrown around in the tabloids and uh, as I often do this time of year or the other time of year I bring the big European brain of Andy Brassel onto the pod to try to make sense of some of these things uh, with me hello Andy thank you very much for for coming on uh, pleasure thanks for having me I don't know how big the brain is given that it's the very start of the month and we're only just out of the holiday period but I shall do my best of course giant giant brain now <laughs> let's start let, let's start with Karen Trippier just be, not because I mean we know who Karen Trippier is but I think a lot of people might be surprised to see him leave the reigning uh, Spanish champions to go to Newcastle be, be, besides the obvious uh, advantages to his bank account uh, why would he be doing such a thing I think there are a few aspects to this and a lot of people are obviously looking at it through the portal of Newcastle as current relegation strugglers they're not going to be that forever you know they're going to break a few eggs making their omelette I don't think there's any doubt about that but they're going to start moving in the right direction at some point Um, he's getting in on the ground floor of quite an exciting project I guess from a player's perspective and I just think there's that to be looked at the medium term of it because it's contract that we'll see him through the medium term as well um also i think um it's working with eddie howe and the other thing is i think this is quite important in england terms i think it needs some sort of hail mary to get him in the world cup squad because i think you look at the way that trent alexander arnold's playing reese james obviously is a fitness issue at the moment but um you know, you'd assume he'll be back and firing well ahead of the World Cup. Um, Kyle Walker, if he doesn't play on the right side of a three. Um, we know that Southgate loves Trippier. But what can he do to make himself more noticeable? Playing a team where you're the best player in it, I think is a good start. And he will get the opportunity to be Newcastle's best defender, one of their most important attacking conduits. And I think a lot of the people as well are looking at this from a sense of, well, he's good, but is he that good? Because I remember his last season for Tottenham. Forget that. Like, none of that is even relevant. The bottom line is, Atletico might not be what they were in Europe, though. The Spanish champions, as you said last season, um, and he was one of their most important players for most of the time that he was there. He feels that he's done what he went to Spain to to do. Um, Now he wants to be 
back in Northern England. He wants to be back in the Premier League, and I, I think this is as good an opportunity as any. Yeah, because he's he's been very very good for for Atleti, and it's not ideal for them to let him go. Maybe, but from their perspective as well, they're getting a pretty good chunk of money for a, a defender who is not young anymore. No, that's absolutely right. And um, Diego Simeone's spoken at length about how important he is and how difficult it will be to replace. He's incredibly popular within the changing room as well. And what I think's really interesting with Trippier, and um, especially the coaching staff there, the fitness staff, Profe Ortega, Herman Burgos, when he was still there in in, in the first year that that Trippier was there, um, they put so much tactically into him so I think he's learned an extraordinary amount um, the fact that he was important for Atletico where he was playing right back in a back four um, or whether he was playing a more wing backy role in a back three slash five um, it shows how incredibly adaptable he's become as well so that's a, that's another huge plus for, for Newcastle So staying in Spain, a name that pops up a lot in the gossip columns is is Usman Dembele, Uh, just because he's someone who everyone knows is extraordinarily talented, but it hasn't really worked out for him at at Barcelona. There have been flashes, but nothing consistent. And of course, with Barcelona's financial problems being very well known, everyone's kind of assuming that he might be on the market. Could he be heading to England? And if so, would that be a good investment? They don't want to sell him. They're still looking at it from the perspective of can we keep him? Can we build around him? Xavi has made a huge song and dance over how he can be the the, the best in the world in his position. Um, they want to move forward with him. Clearly, financially, it's an issue because they, they can't really up his wages from where he is at the moment. Um, I think with the right environment and the right project, and I, I, to be honest, I don't even know if Barcelona is that, he could be great still. I agree with you. The, the, the actual talent is fantastic and it's just because it hasn't gone quite right at Barcelona doesn't mean he's been rubbish he still scored a load of clutch goals he still changes every game that they throw him into it's just the recurrent muscle injuries um, poor timekeeping and the lack of discipline that that implies I, I think those are, are problems in terms of what I think would get him on the straight and narrow I, th- I think the Bayern move is is is, is the king. I, th- I think that's the, the best one out there. I'm kind of seeing him and Alassane Maxima running wild in the northeast. <laughs> Why not, eh? Uh, that, that that would be fun. I mean, like Newcastle fans would absolutely love him. I mean, that's the thing when we talk about exciting attacking players, whether it's um, uh, Dembele, uh, Coutinho, who might get to in a bit, I guess. Um, like, any of them are upgrade on what Newcastle have got. That's why this transfer window is so exciting for them because they've got a huge pot of money and basically anyone they can buy is pretty much better than who they have at, at the moment. But talent-wise, I think you look at any of those top clubs and Usman Dembélé could do his stuff there. Have you been looking at my notes, Andy? Because I've got ne- <laughs> ne- next, next up here, and I wrote these notes on the overground this morning. I've written Coutinho... Money question mark? <laughs> yeah, money is a question mark, really, isn't it? I, I think Barcelona have finally reached that point where, not where they've grown a financial brain, but where they've realised that if you're going to get some of these guys that you don't want anymore to, to leave who are on such staggering wages, that even if they go to a Premier League club, 
and I think it's a fair bet to say Coutinho will end up back in the Premier League, you're going to have to pay some of those wages. You're not going to get anyone to take on 100% of those wages. Um, and that's going to be the case with Coutinho, who's the, the highest remaining earner at Barcelona post-Messi and, 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 and Griezmann. So that's a lot of money. Bear in mind, like Sammy Lintiti makes over 200 grand a week. It's all a lot of money. Um, Coutinho is interesting to me because um, clearly he's been a flop for Barcelona. It hasn't worked out. Um, symbolic of um, the wild spending and lack of plan that they've had. But that's the victim. That's what he's been a victim of, really. A lack of plan. That They never really had any idea of how they were going to use him and a specific role for him, which is mad when you're spending that much money on a player. What's also clear from the little bits where he has played at Barcelona and Bayern when he was on loan there, there's still a player in there. You know, you're not looking at someone who's been unremittingly terrible for the last three years. You're looking at someone who's been in the wrong environments. And I think there's more than enough there to suggest that he can make a great impact for a Premier League team. So another transfer headline from today is that it looks like Christoph Piontek is heading off to Fiorentina from Hertha Berlin, which is not an interesting transfer in itself, but it does mean that perhaps Fiorentina are preparing themselves for a, a, a Dusan Vlaovic-less future, uh, a future without Vlaovic. Could he be coming to England? If so, where? And is he worth all this money he will supposedly cost? I think when you look at what top strikers cost, you look at his age, you look at the extraordinary amount of goals he's scored, in, in some cases in very ordinary Fiorentina teams, certainly last season. Um, 21 goals in that team last season, like bang average in, in, in Serie A, is incredible. The fact that he's carried on at almost a goal a game this season, what he can do is not limited to inside the penalty box, he can score all different types of goals, he's responsible, confident, a leader on the pitch, I, th- I think it's worth the money. I-, I also think the difficulty is he's clearly very, very ambitious because there could be a lot that could convince him to stay at Fiorentina from what they've done this season. Vincenzo Italiano has been playing great football. Um, you feel there's a project, there's something to work with. That clearly hasn't convinced him. So if you're one of those teams below the elite level, that spells trouble because that, to me, his actions are the action of a player who wants to win stuff now. So whether there is that team who are going to back up the Brinks truck in January, I don't know. Clearly Fiorentina, they know he's not going to sign again. So they would like to sell in January rather than summer because they'll get more money. Um, Piontek is kind of in position. Of course, they signed Alexander Kokorin a, a, a while back, who's been warming the bench so so far there. Um so they've 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 got a bit of succession planning going in. Um, I, I, it's clear that despite being only twenty one, he's not going to be forced into anything. But his actions suggest very much that you know whatever Fiorentina do, it's not about money. Um, he wants to go because you know him and his agent asked for a figure, and the club have said this uh, that they say, okay, we can go to this figure, and then they come back and say, well, actually, we need more. Those are very much the actions of someone who who, who wants to leave. I, I think it's difficult to do this January, even though Fiorentina would really like to, because I think the sort of club that he would be keen on is maybe not in the position to move in this window. 
So it's interesting that you say that, that he would be looking at the top, top tier of clubs. Is that um, realistic? Yeah, because yeah. The, the because the clubs he's been linked the strongest with was in the summer he Arsenal, will see Spurs. It, yeah because yeah. in the summer there was very much the sense that if Spurs end up selling Kane he would be their first choice to replace him and now the strongest link that was certainly the thing that comes up the most seems to be Arsenal yeah and the thing is maybe it does need a reality check on on his part and maybe that will take to the summer to to have that because maybe it's a realization he needs to come to over time because. Realistically, like, Chelsea have Lukaku, Liverpool have what they have. Manchester City, if they don't get Haaland, is 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 maybe your your outside bet for that. But that's all really I can think of because outside those other top teams, I mean, you're looking at you know he's not he's not going to go to Barcelona or Real Madrid. Um, Bayern have Lewandowski. There's not a huge amount of landing spots if you want to limit yourself to that elite level. Except there's one club you haven't mentioned yet, which has always been my sense that if this was five, six, seven years ago, Juventus would just come and get him. Yeah, they would. Um, unfortunately, they've got to dump about five midfielders before that can happen. <laughs> well, one of them is actually in my notes, uh, which I've also written Aaron Ramsey question mark, which I guess is how a lot of people feel about Aaron Ramsey right now. There's yeah. there's a question mark there. Juventus very keen to get rid because he earns a pile of money, uh, but doesn't figure a lot for them. Is he worth taking a punt on? And I guess again the finances are important here. Yeah, they are, and I think he must understand that he's not going to get paid everywhere else what he gets paid at Juventus because you know when we talked in the past about Juventus being geniuses for all these players they got on freeze. There's no such thing as a free, is there? It, the free equals absolutely enormous wages um, that you've got to sustain over time. And um, Juventus have found themselves in that gap. Now, he arrived, um, he agreed to sign for Juventus when Massimiliano Allegri was the coach the first time. Um, Allegri had a plan on how he was going to use him. He was going to use him as a very different type of number 10 to replace Paolo Dybala. Then he went. Now, subsequent coaches really liked Ramsey, but you know, on a technical level, I think he is quite seductive. You know, Andrea Pirlo absolutely loved him. He thought he was fantastic. Um, you've got you've got to doubt his fitness because he's never played that regularly while he's at Juventus. He's played regularly but semi regularly, and they've had too many players that have gone into that spot. I mean, I remember them starting a Champions League game at Dynamo Kiev last season, where you had Dybala. Um, you had uh, Chiesa, you had Ramsey, all sort of fighting to go into that same sort of space behind Alvaro Morata. This is a space that Morata himself drops into sometimes. So it has been difficult for him to to carve a niche. I guess the difficulty for him, as well as understanding how much wage cut he's going to have to take, because he's going to have to take a wage cut at some point. Um, is there? Do the elite clubs really want to want to go for him in the Premier League? My sense would be, no. Yeah, seductive, but but mainly seductive in the treatment room, which is not what you want. I mean, it's very very bothersome for the doctors. One imagines you need um, you need athletic players around him. I'd, I'd like I suppose like everyone gets linked with Newcastle, for example, at the moment. For me, for uh, Newcastle to get a player of that level. I think, you know, if, if you're them, you think it would be amazing to have Aaron Ramsey. If you've not got athletic midfielders around him, I think his use is a little bit limited. 
but but that's just my view. And you, you, you just chuck a number of long staffs at him to sort of <laughs> to run around. I think you might have to get some of the extended family involved. <laughs> might be. Yeah. Uh, and another name that's turned up. Um, not really. I don't have a good bridge here, but I just saw that <laughs> Arsenal. Arsenal were linked with a move to for Bruno Guimaraes, which I guess is one of those with Thomas Partey and El Nenny both gone for Afcon. They've looked at their squad and gone, "Hang on, there's like no midfielders here." Or there's like uh, Lokonga and 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 and. and and Xhaka, who is pro, you know, will get injured or suspended or something at any moment. Uh, so maybe they need a midfielder. Uh, Bruno Guimaraes of, of Lyon, you're very familiar with, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm very fond of, actually. Um, he's had a few difficult moments, but generally has been very, very good uh, since he's arrived. I know Tim Vickery, um, he saw a lot of him when he was younger, had his doubts about him, thinking he was a, a bit one-footed. And I think, you know, you can look back at... Like quite a, a few sort of midfield prospects of like the last five six years in 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 that sort of um, in in that sort of realm. I, I guess Jeffrey Condogbia being one, I think his one footedness has really affected the the way he's played. But I feel that Guimaraes has got sort of past that. He's an intelligent guy on and off the pitch, super good organizer, and someone who has been doing a lot of growing past that just defensive midfielder role I think he's more than capable in the final third of the pitch he could score more goals if you put him in that sort of position so there is a sort of move a sort of I guess tentative move towards box to box he's one of Leon's most valuable players so if if, if they're selling him this January they're going to charge an absolute fortune for him okay and lastly I put him down because again you're one of the not that many people I know who keep a very close eye on the Portuguese league where you find the hours in the day I don't know but I admire you for it uh, Luis Diaz from Porto has been linked with Liverpool and that was one of those things that from what I've seen of him that would kind of make sense because he seems to be like a really fast sort of inside forward type of guy and yeah. if, if Liverpool are looking to maybe for, for age and contract reasons to move on a little bit from Mane and Salah or at least have a hedge against one or two of them leaving maybe he's a guy who should be on their list and, and yeah. the rumours are that he might be and they should they should have done this already I mean it's, it's always difficult to shoot Bambi isn't it but at some point you've got to move on from like, really beloved teams haven't you I mean famously it, it wasn't Bambi who was shot it was very much Bambi's mother I mean if you, <laughs> if, you if they'd have shot Bambi it would have been a very different film I think yeah I, I mean I, I hate to be the guy but you know maybe the gunman was just a bad shot you know? <laughs> but um, I, I, I think it, they should have done this a while ago you do have to move on from even the most adored teams and the good thing is uh, Luis Diaz is available by paying the buyout clause which is 80 million euros about 67 million pounds which considering what he can do we've seen what he can do domestically in the Champions League um, he's good countering um, it would totally suit Klopp's teams. He works so incredibly hard off the ball nowadays. And um, he's great going past players and he's explosive to come inside and score goals as well. Like he's He's been going along at a, a fair old rate in terms of scoring goals. Now, if you're in a Sergio Conceição side as, as he is, you have to work and work and work. And he has proved himself up to that. So I think it's the best possible coach to, to get him in shape for the Premier League. I think he'd do fantastically well here. 
All right. Thank you very much for your time, Andy. Pleasure. Okay. Jeg synes det var jeg, jeg det var interessant i hvert fall Når vi tog det opp tidligere i dag Føltes det interessant Jeg håper det var interessant for dere um, Liten spelbit uh, nå på slutten Ikke Premier League denne helgen Men uh, siden vi akkurat snakket om han Betsson har odds på Kefren Klubb Aaron Ramsey er i når januar Vinduet stenger Og jeg ble litt overrasket når jeg så oddsen her uh, Fordi det er 1-20 på at han fortsatt er i Juventus 1-20, lavt uh, 4 blank på at han går til Newcastle 7 blank på at han går til Crystal Palace 8 på Everton, 8 på Tottenham, 10 på Arsenal, 10 på West Ham, 12 på Wolves, 15 på Manchester United. Jeg synes 4 i odds på Newcastle kan være en bitte liten, altså det kan være en liten innsats der. For, for det store spørsmålet med Ramsey er, hvor mye penger er han villig til å si fra seg, rett og slett. Han har en kontrakt med Juventus ut neste sommer, og han tjener da visst nok i overkant av 400 000 pund i uka. Helt vill kontrakt. Det, det er mer enn hva med Sødt Øsel tjent i Arsenal Når alle var liksom stresset Åh nei, Øsel, kontrakten, det er så galt han, han tjener mer enn det Han tjener mer enn hva Aubameyang tjener i Arsenal nå Det er en helt vill sum uh, og, og det er jo derfor Juventus er så keen på Å få han ut, ikke for han er en dårlig spiller uh, Men fordi at han er skadet ofte Han har ikke helt passet inn uh, Og han tjener alt for mye penger uh, Så Ramsey er 31 Mye skader som sagt, han er kanskje i en fase av karrieren der han ikke har lyst til å si fra seg så mye penger. Altså, yngre spillere, hvis du får yngre spillere eller spillere litt nærvarig på 20-tallet i hvert fall, så kan det av og til være smart hvis du sitter fast i en klubb som ikke vil ha deg, men du tjener masse penger. Vet du hva, hvis du sier fra deg noen millioner da, så, og går til en klubb der du får spille hver uke, så kan det være du tjener deg inn igjen senere da, hvis du spiller masse bra fotball igjen og får en ny fet kontrakt en eller annen plass. Men når du ønsker at du blagger 31-åring, så er det ikke så enkelt Så jeg tror jo kanskje ikke han har lyst til å si fra seg Sånn kjempemasse Så derfor altså det, det begrenser jo antall klubber han kan gå til veldig Og jeg tror heller ikke han er aktuelt For de aller største Altså de som har råd til å liksom, gi han noe i nærheten av det Juventus gjør Tror jeg ikke vil ha Aaron Ramsey altså. Så når du ser på sånn Everton, Wolves, West Ham Hvor keen er de på å forplikte seg til en sånn svær kontrakt Til en 30-årig gammel Ramsey Som igjen blir mye skadet Selv om han er veldig god når han er på sitt beste Jeg synes det skurrer litt Men Newcastle Altså Newcastle kan jo ta seg råd til det Ramsey er et forholdsvis stort navn Her i Storbritannia i hvert fall Og generelt også Og så det sender jo et slags signal Så her er vi Newcastle Vi er på gang Vi henter Trippier Vi henter, New, vi henter Ramsey Så hei hvor det går Øhm um, Og de har råd til å betale han ganske mye. Da han risikerer jo å rykke ned, det er jo ikke stas, men alternativet er jo å bli værende i en klubb der han er uønsket, eller å gå enda mer ned i lønn, sannsynligvis et annet sted da. Så, så jeg synes jo, jeg synes en 20 odds på at han blir værende er litt lite. Det, det, jeg tror det er større sjansen det for at han går en plass. Og jeg synes da fire odds på at det blir Newcastle. Den oddsen, jeg synes den er blitt litt vei. Jeg ser oddsen på at han drar til Newcastle ned i sånn, 2-2-2-75, 3 blank hos noen bookmaker her borte i England i hvert fall. Det, det føles som en litt riktigere odds for meg. For meg. Så 4 blank på at Newcastle knabber Aaron Ramsey nå i januar. Jeg synes det kan være verdt en, en 50-lapp eller noe sånt. Så bedt, sånn. Altså, de kan jo også for eksempel si til Juventus, hey, med, med lånene ut, ut til sommeren, uh, og, og, og så, så, så slår det inn en sånn klausul på at de henter han uh, automatisk hvis de beholder plassen eller så det, det finnes jo varianter man kan gjøre på dette Men det, dette spiller jeg jo bare på hvor han er når vinduet stenger Og jeg tror kanskje han er i Newcastle Jeg tror det kanskje er. Så en 50-lapp på det for, det, det, det trenger ikke være det dummeste Uansett, takk for å følge alle sammen Ha det godt.